Hi. Yay, you came back. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I mean, I don't know what to say other than I have a thousand excuses as to why it has taken me so long. I can't promise consistency. I keep saying I'm going to be consistent and then I am not. And this time, I think part of it was because my last, the episode I recorded about the end of Burning Man actually got some pretty big traction and it kind of freaked me out. And I was, I don't know, I was just assuming that it was you and me and just a few close little friends. So I had this moment where I realized that it, it went beyond that. And I guess I wasn't really prepared for that. And I guess I, I don't know. Anyway, I've been working through that. And in the meantime, I also figured out why my burn was so shitty, which is amazing, of course, right? Now it makes sense. And it's because I get to create it here, not just one week somewhere in the Nevada desert, but right here in my life all the time. And the amazing ways that my life has shifted and changed and become the burn here Ha, or is insane, including the magic. It's been more magical, more synchronicities and amazing coincidences here than I had at the burn. And I'm going to give you a specific example. This is like amazing. So my mom has been going to the burn with me for a number of years. And this past year, she was not able to go because she got diagnosed with breast cancer and she's fighting the good fight and she's, you know, actually headed in the right direction and things are looking good. But it was, you know, not the best time to go to the burn. So I'm having this, you know, sort of rough burn. I had this night go sideways on Tuesday night in a couple different ways. And on Wednesday morning at the burn, I am about to take a shower and I see this woman like walking, making a beeline for me. And so I kind of pause and she comes over and she says, oh, hi, you know, my name is blah, blah, blah. And I think, are you newbie? Are you Amy? I'm like, yeah. And she's like, well, I've brought you a note from your mom. And immediately I'm like, how is this even possible? How do you know my mom? And she said, well, on my way out here, I met her at the airport. And I'm like, like, you just ran into her and you started talking. And she's like, yeah. And she told me that she wasn't able to come this year and that she was flying down to see your brother. And I told her I was headed to the burn. And so she wrote this note for you. and. I'm delivering it. And she hands me the note and I read it. And it is this beautiful note of encouragement from my mom saying that she's there with me in spirit, basically. And I burst into tears. You know, I think at that point I hadn't, I hadn't realized how lovely it had been to have my mom there to give me hugs 
And to have this really difficult year and to not have her there on top of it was really hard. And so to get this note from her just filled my heart with joy. And so I thanked her, of course, for making the effort to find me out in this massive city and take precious time from her own burn to deliver this note. And then she wandered off. And and so then fast forward, I am have a friend here who was like, hey, there's this new co-working space and I'm going to sign up and you should come look at it. And I go look at it and it's this, if I could have created a co-working space myself, I would want it to be exactly this. And then on top of that, a bunch of my friends also decided, yeah, we're going to sign up for it too. So now all of a sudden I am walking into this gorgeous, plant-filled, beautiful space to work. And my friends are there. And so I get to hug on them and, and check in with them and bounce ideas off them. So it's become this really potent time of creation, which I'll get to, like all this, you know, some of the stuff that I've been up to, which has been really fun. But then this is probably the third day that I've been there. And I decide it's beautiful weather. And I decide, you know what, I'm just going to go walk out to the patio and stretch my legs. So when I sit down and I look over and there's this woman sitting on the bench across from me with a little dog. And I'm not paying like super attention. I kind of glance at her and I'm like, gosh, she kind of looks familiar. So we just kind of strike up a conversation and somehow we get around to the fact that she goes to the burn and she looks over at me and she's like, well, your name is newbie, right? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> wait a minute. And she is like, I'm the one who delivered the note. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe you're here. I just hadn't expected to see her ever again, much less in this tiny co co-working space where I just happened to walk outside. And it was really great because I got to to relay to her the importance of that that moment and how lovely it was and I can't believe that I'm running into you again and that was the second time that it happened I also ran into the woman who led my favorite moment during the mud burn where we were all singing songs at the street corner and she led a sing-along and I happened to run into her at this tiny little 500 person festival in Colorado and I got to tell her how much I loved that moment and how much it meant to me and and she was you know in that moment she was able to sort of explain how she came up with the idea of the sing-along and she said you know I just have always felt like when I went to the burn there was something missing and I guess it was that I just always thought that people should be singing in the streets and 
you know, that sentiment right there is the key. Like that's, that's what we're doing, right? We, we can't wait any longer for someone to create the world that we want. We have to do it. It turns out it's us. And, you know, if you go back to the video game analogy that I love using because it works <laughs> so well that, you know, sometimes I wonder if we're just in a simulation. That's, you know, a theory. But, you know, this game that we've all been playing for so long, it's like someone convinced us to play a game where the goal was extreme resource hoarding, right? Like it's like whoever hoards the most resources wins. And that's like dumbest game. It is so stale. I don't, I, I honestly don't understand how people who have like all of this money aren't bored just like completely bored by that it's a dumb game really if you think about it how, how much fun was monopoly really it's not that fun frank it, like there's a certain point in the game where you know who's gonna win and then you just have to kind of ride it out or whatever we it, it's just stupid it's so dumb ah <laughs> The game that I like to play is more like a Minecraft creative mode where everyone builds cool shit that they really like and hopefully other people really like it too. And so that's fun. And now we're all just creating a world full of fun and play and cool shit. You know, how can we create the most amazing place? filled with our friends doing really fun things and it's filled with ease and grace and playfulness and fun how can we make every single thing fun how can we bring this incredible gift of a planet and make it the playground that it was meant to be right like you can't look at this the, you can't look at a rainbow or a giraffe and not be like, this is a playground. It's a silly land of creativity. And we turned it into, you know, <laughs> Grand Theft Auto. Why? It's, no. Anyway, so on that note, it's become really clear since the burn that I'm just going to do the best I can to create the world that I want to see. And, you know, if I fail, I fail. But there was a quote that I heard recently that just totally changed my life. And it was, would you do it even if you knew you were going to fail just for the things that you're going to learn and do in the process of trying? We're going to do it even if it fails. Would you still enjoy the ride? And yeah, like I'm the things that I'm the plans that I have, I have big plans. <laughs> and you know what? Even if they fail, it's it's learning. It's the process. And so one of the things that I have, one of the events that I that I started is bringing 
It's bringing bathhouse culture to this country. You know, the the culture of bathhouses is all over the rest of the world. It's, you know, Turkey and Japan and Swedes. You know, there's something very nurturing and connective about bathing together. And, you know, we need more of these third spaces. It's not your house and it's not my house, but it's this third space. But it's not a bar, right? Because it's not a bar. It's something that's going to be restorative and social and connective. And, you know, with alcohol, there's a certain point where you're just not connecting anymore. Part of the goal is creating this third space where women can get together and socialize and connect and, you know, kind of a naked book club, only healthier because you're actually sweating out your toxins from your body and you feel rejuvenated and your skin feels amazing. And in addition to that, the power that, gosh, when you get a room full of women together and and everyone's naked, it is it's very vulnerable, but it's also very freeing. And you realize how beautiful everyone is exactly the way they are. And I am not blowing smoke. It's it's just true. It's just like seeing a a field of wildflowers. And you understand that the variety and the differences are what make us interesting. And somehow along the way, society has been telling us on repeat that there's this one way that women's bodies are supposed to look and anything else is kind of, you know, you should feel shame if you don't look like this. And, you know, no one looks like that. And so when you get when you get a room full of women together and they're nurturing and caring for each other and yeah, and you get to just understand that that stuff is so dumb too. <laughs> That's another dumb game. <laughs> the, the, the feeling shame about your body. That one's, that one's really awful. And and so the the thing, the irony about it is that I was someone who was incredibly modest for my entire life. I mean, painfully modest. And it wasn't until I went to this one specific retreat a year and a half ago where this thing happened that literally flipped a switch in my brain and all of a sudden I understood not only that what I had been thinking and feeling about my naked body my entire life was completely wrong but that it's actually fun like it's really it's like so fun to it's so fun to be naked and and so that leads me to one of the other things that I'm doing. And that is that, you know, 
there's been this whole part of my journey, I guess I would call my my spiritual awakening, my journey to consciousness, the growth that I'm having that has to do with sexuality, it has to do with exploring who I am from that perspective. And I've got all of these like super funny and awkward dating stories where I've learned so much, but I haven't been sharing them because it felt too, hmm. Well, I think it's just felt like the internet is this sort of wild west and by just putting it out there for anyone to access you're sort of opening yourself up for the judgment of the world and I feel like the way that I can get around that is to create a social club in my mind I'm thinking if there's a tiny little barrier to accessing those stories and also, you know, I want to talk about some of these adventures that I'm going to be going on in the next year. And I want to invite you to come along with me if it's something that you're like, oh, my God, that sounds amazing. I want you to come and I want to be able to talk about what they are and where they are. But I also understand after working for the Travel Channel that you don't really want all of your favorite spots just put out there into the ether because then you know, anyone can find them really easily. And you want to make it a little bit difficult because you want to make sure that the people who go to your favorite spots really are searching for the things that you're searching for. And hopefully they have the same amount of respect and love for those things and they know how to care for them. And so I guess I'm hoping that by creating this tiny little barrier for this part that the people who cross that barrier are crossing it because they love the same things I love and they understand the spirit of why I'm sharing the things that I'm sharing and yeah if the women's bathhouse night sounds like it's something that you would be into there is a URL for the Goddess Night, which is Goddess Bathhouse. And right now they're just happening in Denver, but my plan is to spread them to other cities. So if you are living in a different part of the country and you would like me to look into hosting a Goddess Night at the Bathhouse where you live, definitely reach out. And let me know. My podcast email is amy at magicalsoup.com. So you can email me directly there. And, and yeah, well, it's just really nice to know if you're enjoying it. It's really nice to know if there are things you see, you know, that you'd like to see happen differently. Any kind of feedback really is nice to have as long as it's, you know, being shared in a constructive way. So if you've got a few minutes and you'd care to rate or comment on the podcast, 
that also would be really lovely. And as always, um, sharing it is the highest compliment you could possibly give me. And as much as I freaked out about the fact that the my podcast got shared pretty far and wide, I'm I'm on board with it now. So uh, and I do really appreciate if you are someone who shared that podcast with other people. I'm 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 deeply grateful. It's my own my own self-sabotage programming that I needed to come to terms with. So thanks for coming back. I appreciate it. When I finally get my butt in the seat and do it, I'm always really grateful. And I'm grateful for you. Okay. Bye.